Star Wars 7x7 episode 1907 today. Well, it would have been a hope day, except that there are extenuating circumstances, so hope day is coming tomorrow. But for today, we're going to do one more episode about the Age of Resistance and talk about the special issue that features BB-8, Maz Kanata, and Amelyn Holdo. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So, I guess the deal is, with the Age of Resistance special, that, you know, they had characters that they wanted to tell stories for, like Finn and Poe and Hux and Captain Phasma and more that we're going to be talking about next weekend. But there were also, I guess, a couple of stories that they had that maybe were shorter stories that didn't necessarily fill up a full issue. You know, we've done, like, Star Wars miscellany, potpourri episodes with news that doesn't necessarily fill up an entire episode. So, similar kind of notion. And I'm going to talk first about the two stories that may have implications for things that could happen in The Rise of Skywalker. And then the last one that doesn't necessarily seem on its face to have those implications. We'll discuss that after the break. Not coming up yet. But I will also say that as with the other Age of Resistance stories, we are in spoiler territory, so if you don't want them spoiled for you, then save this episode for a later date. But if you're okay with me digging into the details, let's start with Maz's Scoundrels. And yes, of course, it does feature Maz Kanata. It turns out that somebody has stolen something from her, a Deveronian guy who fancies himself a baron but is not really a baron and she needs help getting it back. So she hires Han and Chewie for the mission. She calls it a hit and run mission and says that it's perfect for them because A, they come cheap and B, Chewie hits harder than anyone she knows and C, Han runs faster than anyone she knows, which he tries to take as a compliment, but eh, yeah, not so much. And there's no clear indication in the story of when in the timeline it might be taking place. But just based on Han Solo's appearance, because you can't really tell from Chewbacca, but based on his appearance, it's a very original trilogy era appearance. So just for fun, let's say sometime between 10 BBY and 10 ABY, okay? Roughly speaking. Can't be earlier than 10 BBY because he didn't have the Millennium Falcon, but he does in this particular case. Actually, that might even be 9 BBY. Anyway, yeah, you get the idea. So it's still within spitting distance of the original trilogy era whenever this story takes place, just based on Han's appearance. As for the location of the story, well, they're going into wild space where this Deveronian has some sort of hideout and they have to break into the hideout and get some artifact back that the Deveronian stole from Maz. Maz won't tell them initially what it is, but naturally, of course, they are able to get it back from him. And when Maz reveals what it is, it is a Sith artifact of some kind. And she says, every thing that we can take away from the dark side means that there's, you know, more room, more space for the light side to shine in the universe, in the galaxy. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the general gist. Now, the Sith helmet that she takes and takes back, and apparently has been keeping, is, according to Wikipedia, a special adjutant helmet. It is some helmet that is worn by people in the Empire for classified missions and was actually depicted being worn by the Grand Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels. So that's why even though it's not necessarily a Sith helmet, it's certainly 
presented as being of, you know, dark side ilk. Yes, you could say that the Empire itself is sort of on the dark side of the Force or allied to it. But yeah, I think Sith more in relation to that. So I imagine that this has to be a helmet worn by some sort of Sith actor. And as such, if Maz is looking for Sith-related artifacts and taking them off the market per se. I don't know what she's doing with them. Is she destroying them? Is she locking them up in a vault somewhere? But if it is that, then you can imagine a scenario where in The Force Awakens when Kylo Ren showed up on Takadana and was nearby Maz's castle, if there was a significant trove of Sith artifacts anywhere in the vicinity, he ought to have sensed it. And so I think it might be a rather interesting idea to consider, especially now that we're going to have Sith Troopers in the Rise of Skywalker, and he's clearly meditating over Darth Vader's helmet again in the Rise of Skywalker, Kylo Ren is. Well, it seems to open the door for more Sith activity, and wouldn't it be strange if he's heading back to Takadana to fulfill some of those wishes? Meanwhile, we have the BB-8 story, Robot Resistance, and it features a secret mission with Poe and BB-8 going to the planet Josh in the Flanagan system. And Flanagan is F-L-A apostrophe N-A-G-A-N. The reason why I'm flagging this is because it turns out that there's a guy named Josh Flanagan who runs a podcast or co-hosts a podcast called iFanboy. And Josh also happens to be in New Hampshire too. What a strange coincidence and what a small world. But anyway, so a little tip of the cap to him and on this mission well Poe and BB-8 have stolen a First Order cargo ship to get down on the planet because it is a First Order planet. We don't necessarily know whether we are in the unknown regions or if they've established a base in the known galaxy, not from this particular situation, but the deal is that there is a data center on this planet. I'm sure any First Order installation there's probably a data center kicking around, but it sounds more like one big major data center, and BB-8 is supposed to sneak in, get some troop movement information, and get out, but naturally things don't go so smoothly because there's a First Order trooper who is delivering some very unkind shocks to a gonk droid, and this naturally offends BB-8's sensibilities, and so unfortunately for Poe having to listen in and say, no, that's not the mission, no, 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 BB-8 utterly ignores him and zaps the First Order stormtrooper, and <laughs> you know takes the uh, the robots out of harm's way, but... The robots at least let him pass, which is better than BB-9E did, or BB-8 as it was known from The Last Jedi. And so when BB-8 tries to download its information, he ends up getting caught by a couple of stormtroopers who say, hey, you're not supposed to be here, and you are accessing information illegally, da-da-da, and they drop a restraining bolt on him, which definitely means trouble is now afoot. The robots come to the rescue. They actually zap the First Order stormtroopers and help BB-8. And so somehow they're freed and I guess they don't have restraining bolts either because hilariously somehow they get access to a bunch of detonators and they go traipsing through the data center putting <laughs> detonators on everything and blow the thing to smithereens. So not only do they get the troop movement information they need, but they also <laughs> totally destroy the data center and there's no record of them having been there. 
The price that has to be paid, though, is that the droids get taken into the Resistance. So they defect to the Resistance, and now there is a robot Resistance, if you will, which is kind of a neat story to read on the heels of the droid with a heart that we talked about from Star Wars Myths and Fables the other day. Now, it's also not clear when in the timeline exactly this story takes place. Leia is wearing a uniform that is similar to what we see her in the first time in The Force Awakens, so, you know, puts it in Resistance era for sure, after 28 ABY, but not necessarily past 34 ABY. Anyway, so the base that they're at is LX-Robinson 5, and that's a V for 5, which is on a planet called Rihanna, and that planet and this base were actually referenced way back in Star Wars issue 25 in an extra story in that issue called Droid Dilemma, thanks to the inestimable Wikipedia for already having documented that. And so it's a rather fascinating point of consideration because as with Crate, where the Rebel Alliance had previously had caches of information and supplies and materials stored, well, it sounds like this place, Robinson 5, could also have been a base where they had materials stored and for, you know, where they could have hidden on the run or resupplied on the run as needed because it was a base in the time of the Alliance and now apparently it's a base in the time of the Resistance too. Now, as I said, those two are the ones that seem to have bearing potentially on the rise of Skywalker because who knows that base could be the base in operation for when we see them in the rise of Skywalker or might be one of the places that they have hidden out of that they reference and then there's the last story which I will talk to you about after the break stay tuned this episode is brought to you by Constant Contact, the premier email marketing solution for small businesses and organizations. I've used their service since 2003, and over the past decade and a half, I've watched them evolve, make the product simpler, more powerful, easy to use, and do everything that they can to help train people to use the product more effectively and for it to work with other forms of marketing like social media, for example. So. Check out sw7x7.com slash email to learn more about Constant Contact and start a free trial. Once again, that is sw7x7.com slash email for a free trial. Welcome back. So The Bridge is the final story. It features Amelyn Holdo, who was formerly an apprentice senator and who is now hitching rides on random alliance ships and giving speeches against the Empire. People think that she's just there for decorative purposes, don't necessarily understand the metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, that resides within. And I think this story exists to prove that metal in her early days, back in the Empire days, but also to give you an idea of where she might have originally gotten the maneuver that she performed in The Last Jedi, where she took the Rattus into the Supremacy. And the gist in a nutshell is this. She is on an arms smuggling ship called the Candor, which is a Corellian Corvette in the classic tradition, suddenly surprised by a Star Destroyer coming out of hyperspace and tractor beaming them in. They fire on the bridge and the captain is killed. It turns out that as a result, she is the highest ranking person on the ship. So even though they're caught in a tractor beam and being drawn into a landing bay, she orders them to point the nose at the ship and get ready to fire. And they just fly right into it, cannons blazing. And thankfully, because of where this landing bay is, where this docking bay is in the ship, 
It's in the narrow end of things. So they're able to actually blast their way through the top of the Star Destroyer and disable it, which because of the you know, amazing maneuver is something that the uh, Alliance leadership says, wow, Leia Organa must have been right about you. And it's clear that there were some doubts in that sentiment. And they say, yeah, bring the, uh, bring the ship back to base then, Captain Holdo. So she's given a field promotion right there to Captain. And I don't even think she was carrying any kind of military rank. At least that's not the implication with the story that I caught. So anywho, that very quickly and very simply is the deal with the Holdo story, the bridge in this Age of Resistance special. Not necessarily indicative of anything to come in the Rise of Skywalker, unless we're going to find out that this um, Candor ship is one that's still in use and now available by the Resistance. I mean, possible entirely, but yeah, I think out of the three, this one is the most unlikely to have any bearing on the Rise of Skywalker. And that is going to do it for our episode of the show today. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.